go with me to the 31st chapter of the book of Isaiah. And I'm going to stay in Isaiah for our, our readings tonight. I'll be reading from the 31st chapter and the 9th chapter. Isaiah chapter 31, reading at verse number 1 through 5. Woe to them that go down to Egypt for help and stay on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in horsemen because they are very strong. But they look not unto the Holy One of Israel, neither seek the Lord. Yet he, is all, he also is wise and will bring evil and will not call back his words but will arise against the house of evildoers and against them the help of them that work iniquity. Now I want you to notice verse number 3. Look at it very closely. Now the Egyptians are men and not God. Say that with me. Now the Egyptians are men and not God. And their horses flesh and not spirit. Say that with me. And their horses flesh and not spirit. When the Lord shall stretch out his hand, but he that both he that helpeth the shall fall, and he that is hoping shall fall down, and they shall fail together. For thus hath the Lord spoken unto me, like a lion and a young lion roaring on his prey. When a multitude of shepherds is called forth against him, he will not be afraid of their voice nor abase himself for the noise of them. So the Lord of hosts come down to fight for Mount Zion and for the hill thereof. As birds flying, so will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. Defending also, he will deliver it. And passing over, he will preserve it. Chapter number 9, very quickly. I don't know whether I can read these tonight or not without shouting. These are powerful, powerful scriptures. Chapter 9, reading at verse number 2. And the people walked in, that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and have not increased the joy. Now catch that. Thou hast multiplied the nation and have not increased the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in harvest as the men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder and the rod of his oppressor as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise. And garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and with fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born. And unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called, say it, Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. 
of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Somebody say hallelujah. You may be seated. We have been set in our life by the mindset of our world to look to things that are great big. That's just the way we feel. And I've noticed even around our country that the restaurants, even the quick shops that you stop at and get your food and whatever, they've got the big gulp. They don't have the 32 ounce anymore. They call it the big gulp. Everybody likes that big part about it. Then you go to the hamburger place and you just don't get a hamburger. You get a Whopper. Takes two hands to handle a Whopper. And you go there and you can get that Whopper. You don't buy a fish sandwich there. You get a whaler. A whaler. My goodness. That's, that's wonderful. You go to Frisch's, you just don't buy a double-decker, boys. You buy a big boy. You don't want just a hamburger. I remember the highlight of my week when I was 16 years old was go to one of the Frisch's in our area, which is a big boy, and for $1.26, I'd buy a big boy, hamburger, uh, coleslaw, and a large Pepsi for $1.26. At the same time, I bought gas for 16 cents a gallon, high test. At the same time, I stayed in motel rooms at conference for $3.25 in Hot Springs, Arkansas. So times have changed. But we have been brought to the time that we think big. Everything we like to think big. It's not the small cars that a lot of us are interested in. We like the big ones if they get good gas mileage. Yes, sir, we want it big. You remember the time that it swept through Pentecost? That the ladies, you know, they like this long hair because it's biblical. But they wanted to wear it big. And so they got them oatmeal boxes. And they'd stack oatmeal boxes on their head. And then they'd wrap that hair around their friend like a beehive. They liked it big. The bigger the better. I've got some pictures of Sister Willis. Friend, it's a wonder she didn't walk on her head instead of on her legs. She liked it big. Hey, man, that's just was the style. We like those things big. And the world caught on to that because they know big is what moves us. We want it just right. We drive down the road and we'll see a little house and we'll say, my, that's a cute little place. That's neat. But we drive by one that's got 24 rooms and three-car garage and a paid driveway. And it's got that little light out there at the end with a little old boy holding that lantern. We say, wow, that's big. We like that. That looks wonderful. So we've been orientated by the world to do like that. Our kids, from the very time I can remember, my father in 1949 bought one of the first televisions that was ever come out. We were an unsaved family. So my dad went out and bought one of them things that had a 12-inch screen or an 8-inch screen. I don't remember exactly what it was. 
But I like to watch Captain Video on that thing. And I like to watch them, them guys that were big. Man, they could jump off of buildings with a single bound. I tried it off the chicken house and like to broke my leg. Hey, man, I like those big things. They, oh, they just move me. I like that. And then there came along Superman. Oh, my. He was so big. Hey, man, he had run into a phone booth and run in and run out. His clothes already changed. I tried that and got embarrassed a few times. Praise God. But they like it big. We're we are taught to believe in these big things. They talk about Goliath, and they talk about Godzilla, and they talk about King Kong. And we have got to the place that we look at everything so big, we think, man, that's really something. Could it not be, friend, in our society today that we do not come to the place that we have maybe made the devil bigger than he is? Could it be that we have built him up so great and so big by the things that we have talked about that the devil has become so big in the eyes of some people that they feel like they can never conquer him. They feel like that he has a stranglehold on society. We talk about the hold that sin has. And there's no doubt about it, friend. The devil has a hold on this world. But may I remind you, he is not omnipresent. May I remind you tonight that the devil cannot read your mind. May I remind you tonight, my friend, that he cannot be everywhere at the same time. I'll tell you why. He has all kinds of imps of hell, amen, that he dispatches on his work. Because when he fell from heaven, a third part of the angels of heaven fell with him. And so they have helped him do his dastardly deeds across America and across the world. Sure, sin's got a hold on this society, amen, because the the Bible said we're born in sin and we're shaping in iniquity. Every one of us did not come in this life. We didn't come in this life speaking in tongues. We didn't come in this life baptized. Amen. Because Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born to care. Nicodemus said, can I enter the second time into my mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, listen. Amen. What in the world are you saying, man? I marvel that you're such a smart man and cannot comprehend what I'm saying. I'm saying you must be born of the water, of the water and of the spirit. I feel like tonight you got to understand that there's only one way to be saved and that's to be born of the water and of the spirit. Praise God. Let me preach tonight. Can I do that? Amen. And so the Bible tells me in the scripture that the devil was nothing more than an angel. That's all he was. But he was an angel with a lot of pride. He was an angel that is he in his position in heaven that he felt like he could exalt himself above the most high God. And he was very convincing in his orientation of those that was around him and told them, listen, I'm beautiful. And he was beautiful according to the word of God. But the writer wrote and talked about him. He said, I beheld him as lightning fall from heaven because God won't put up with that kind of mess. He's not going to put up with that. He wants people around him that love him. He wants people around him with loyalty. And may I say to you tonight, saint of God, your pastor's the same way. He wants people around him that love God and are loyal to God that love him 
them and are loyal to their church. He wants people around him that'll stay through thick and thin. He wants people around him that'll serve God with everything, with all their heart, all their soul, all their mind, and all their strength. He don't want to pastor a bunch of runabouts. He wants to pastor folks that love God and are not looking for another love anywhere else. Glory be to God. The Bible states that Israel had kind of got like we are. We become kind of goggle-eyed at the power of hell in our time. Israel had got the same way. For they looked at the Egyptians and they felt like the Egyptians were so powerful that they could not conquer them. They looked at the readiness of their army. They looked at the chariots that they had. They weren't just plain old wooden chariots. They were chariots, no doubt, of iron. And they said, there's no way we can conquer them. And in this chapter that I read to you from the book of Isaiah, the Bible said in chapter number 31, amen, God wanted them to understand that these Egyptians were just men. They weren't gods. These men were just men. Somebody said, but look at their signs. May I say to you, there's a scripture that I rely on. The Bible said if one shall put a thousand to fight, two shall put ten thousand to fight. It's not talking about those who doubt the pressure word of God but it's talking about those that believe those that trust in God those that believe their God will be right there and so we're facing the opposition today may I say do not let the devil buffalo you ladies and gentlemen him thinking that you cannot win this battle don't let the devil tell you that you cannot overcome him for the smallest child with faith in God can whoop the biggest and ugliest devil that ever walked in shoe leather the smallest child that believes in the power of Christ amen can come out victorious amen amen I never will forget my oldest boy came down with a terrible terrible eye disease and I might have said this before but I want to say it again and his eye began to swell it swelled so bad that it protruded from his forehead it stuck out beyond his eyelash and it was a terrible, terrible looking sight. Blood ran down his face and would drip off his little chin. He never cried. He never said a word. But I knew he was hurting and I knew he was in pain. The only thing we knew was to believe that God could, that God was a deliverer, that God was a savior. You see, we'll let things buffalo us sometimes and we'll say, God can't do that. It looks too bad. It just don't look like it's going to turn out all right. It just looks like it's so bad. Friend, God don't look how bad it is. He just looks out if you're willing to believe him or not. That's what God's concerned about. And oh, it looked terrible. Sister Willis and I took him up to the grocery store one day. We put him in that grocery cart. A lady came up to us at the checkout counter and she was frantic. She said, oh my God, what's the matter with your baby? And I said, ma'am, we don't know. And she said, son, my little girl just had that. It's a debilitating disease. Amen. And it will take his eyesight. If you don't rush him right away to an emergency room somewhere, he's going to be blind for the rest of his life. You could put his little eyelids open. All you could see was a ball of, of, of congealed blood. It was a scary looking sight. Amen. Sister Willis and I put him in the car. We 
brought it right back home. When we got back home, I got the olive oil out and I laid my hands on that little baby and I prayed for him in Jesus' name. And I said, God, I've been taught that you can do anything and I've been taught that you're the way maker. Amen. I want you to touch my baby's eye. Friend, it was nothing happened. I looked at him and that eye was bloody, dripping red, protruding from his head. Oh my, we just believe God. Oh God, I'm not going to tout. It don't matter how it looks. I read in the word of God, the Bible said, don't be worried about the look on their faces. You just come on and trust in me, friend. And we put that baby to bed the next morning. And I'm telling you the truth as soon as I'm standing here. The next morning, Sister Willis and I went ahead and ate breakfast. Amen. We heard the patter of little feet. There come a boy around the corner with two of the crystal clear eyes you ever did see. I'm telling you. Amen. I'm telling you tonight. God can and God will. Amen. Do it when you don't think he will. Hallelujah. And I asked him, Sister Willis and I both, we sat there at the table. We were thrilled beyond measure. And I said, son, what happened to your eye? He looked at me. He didn't bat an eye. Amen. Them crystal sparkling eyes. There was no redness. There was no swelling. There was nothing there whatsoever except the clearness of vision in that boy. He looked at me without hesitating. And he said, dad, last night, Jesus came into my room and touched my eye. Last night, oh God, he came to my room and he touched my eye and he healed me. Yes, he did. Lift your hands and worship the Lord. Glory be to God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It looks bad. It looks bad sometimes. It looks like there's no way out. Never will forget Brother Carson and I were building a fireplace. Brother Steve was real small. We're building this fireplace, and I was carrying the, the fireplace liners up five buckets scaffolding. Brother Carson, we all the time trying to outdo each other. And he said, I can carry them up there. If you can carry them up there, Willis Carson can carry them up there. He grabbed one of them things, and I said, man, when you get to the top, be careful. When you try to lay it over, it'll throw you off balance, and you're going to drop that thing. Be careful. Sister Carson was standing down below, rooting him on. Come on, honey. You can do it. Come on, Willis can do it. You can do it. And I never will forget, he got right to the top. Oh, he was so triumphant. And about that time, when he went to slip it off his shoulder, it fell. I looked and saw Sister Carson standing there. And I screamed and said, Sister Carson, move! She tried to move when she did. That liner fell from five buckets scaffolding high. Amen, a 14-inch liner. And it caught her on the top of her hip. It drove her into the crown like a pile driver. I never will forget when she was started just moaning and groaning. Brother Carson and I picked her up and carried her in the house. Hey man, she said, oh God, oh God. We laid hands on that woman and we prayed the prayer of faith. And I'm telling you, God came down. She stood up from where she was. She did not have a pain. I don't think she even had a bruise. Why? Because God himself made a difference. Don't be worried about it. God can take care of it. He can take care of it. 
of the Lord try to remind Israel they're just men. They're just men. May I remind you tonight, they're just fallen angels. They were cast out not by God, but they were cast out by another angel. That's all. Jesus didn't have to step out there, put on the ball gloves, and whip the devil. He didn't have to do that. He just sent one of his helpers to do it. Go out there and throw him out of here. So the writer said, I beheld him fall as lightning from heaven. He came to this earth and he's tried to pollute and corrupt ever since he came here. It's about time that we realize in 1995 how great and powerful a God that we are serving. We have come to our camp meeting and we have experienced heaven's best. The singing and the worship has been fantastic. But when you leave here, you're going to leave an aurora of God's power. The aura of God's power will just simply fade away lots of times when you leave camp meeting. You're not going to be able to look over and see hundreds of people worshiping God. Some of you are going back to the church where there might be 30 and 40 and 50 and 60 and 70, 80 people. It's going to be different back there. But may I say it might be different back there, but God is not different back there. God is still the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I am God and I change not. You don't have to be chased for the devil. All you've got to do is get down on your knees and put the bloodhounds of God on the devil's trail. Send him on down the road. I'm telling you right now, God can do it. You say, preacher, I don't think he can. Yes, he can. He's that kind of God. He's a God that does not fail. He's a God that answers every prayer. He's a God that makes ways where they seem to be no way at all. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. In chapter number 9 of Isaiah, there was a prophecy from the Word of God. The Bible said that the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, listen to this, upon them hath the light shine. Hath the light shine. Notice what the scripture said. Thou hast multiplied the nation and have not increased the joy. The people have become greater. They've become stronger. But there's not been an increase in joy that come directly from the Lord. Why? Because we have multiplied in number. Surely they ought to be more shouting. Surely they ought to be more worshiping. Surely they ought to be more praise. Friend, that's something that you yourself must develop between you and Christ. If you read the rest of that scripture, the Bible said this. It said they joy before thee. They joy before who? They joy before God. Notice this. In the joy of the harvest, as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. The Bible said, for thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff amen of his shoulder the rod of the oppressor as in the day of Midian verse number 5 pay attention to this the scripture said for every battle amen of the warrior is with a confused noise but may I say that we are not fighting a battle of weaponry anymore I don't have to have a habergan and a shield I don't have to have a bazooka and a hand grenade I'm not fighting that kind of battle amen this battle is not going to be with blood on my tunic. This battle's not going to be, friend, something that I'm going to go home wounded in my 
side. Hey man, the enemy that I'm fighting now is not after my body, but he's after my spirit. He wants to captivate me. He wants to capture me. So the Lord said, listen now, it's not going to be the sound of battle. You're not going to hear him fighting in the halls and in the trenches anymore. But I tell you, when you go back home, there's a way that you can whip this thing without pulling out a sword or a 357 Magnum. There's a way you can win this thing. Find you a prayer room somewhere and find God somewhere. Find the anointing of God somewhere and say, God, I need you more than I need anything. Amen. I'm telling you right now, there is a ready God for a ready church to solve every problem that you ever had and he's here tonight to show you he can still do it. For every battle of the warrior is with confusion always and garments rolled in blood. But this battle is going to be different. Hear what I'm saying tonight. We today have experienced what helps us win that battle. When the choir was singing tonight, when the brother was singing this was that, I was experiencing what was going to help me win this battle. It was not something that I could hold in my hand, but it was something that I could feel surging in my heart. It's not with a sword and a spear and a lance and a bow and an arrow. It was not with a tank or a tote missile. It was not, my friend, with some laser-guided something that I'm going to win this battle but it's going to be the Holy Ghost and fire that I've got burning inside of me that's going to help me stand before God so I can hear him say, well done. The Bible said that some men trust in horses and some men trust in chariots. But I'll tell you what I trust in tonight. I trust in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, the God who can and will save and satisfy our soul. I feel like to Tonight, we, the church of Jesus Christ, need to rise to the occasion against us and say to the devil, you're not as big as folks have made you out to be. I feel like tonight that I can set you going because I have the fire, I have the power, I have the anointing, I have the love, I have the glory that comes from Jesus Christ. Oh, Hallelujah. was a dear friend of ours several years ago a black lady a precious saint of God she used to catch the bus in Dayton, Ohio she did not drive she just rode the bus she had to get off at a street in Dayton called 5th Street 5th Street in Dayton, Ohio is a notorious street for thugs and street gangs rapists, murderers people who are drunks and drug addicts and pimps and pushers. But she would get off every church night. She would have to wait for a transfer of buses there at the 5th Street stop. Bless God, she had a glorious service that night. Oh, the Holy Ghost come down. Man, they shouted and they danced and they glorified God. She was so happy. She was so thrilled that God was on her side. She got off that old bus there, and friends, she just stood there at that bus stop. 
she was so thankful. Hey man, about that time, she noticed that there were several men that began milling around the bus stop. These men circled her. They literally circled her, encompassed her. And there she stood in the middle of him. She carried that little shopping bag with her and kept her purse and stuff in it. They all at the same time in unison pushed the buttons on their knives and the clicking of metal snapping back against the spring as they opened their switchblades. And that dear sister stood there and looked at them. And they said, Lady, we're going to kill you and we're going to take everything you've got. You see, we don't like black folks hanging around on the corner, hey man of Fifth Street. We don't like that. Now I want you to give us your money and then we're going to cut you to pieces. I never will forgive her, friend. She said, I did not do nothing. She said, I just fell down on my knees and I lifted my hands and I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, amen. She began to say it. She said, the Holy Ghost hit me. I began to feel something surge through me. She said, all I could hear was metal hitting the crowd. She said, when I stopped praising God, I looked around me. There was a ring of switchblade knives. There was nobody there. Hallelujah. My God, my God, my God, my God. Amen. It's going to take care of it. You don't have to shed blood. Just shed some tears. You don't have to shed blood. Just pour your heart out to Jesus Christ. Would you praise him again tonight? Glory be to God. Oh, God. Jesus. Brother Gene, the devil's not as big as folks say he is. Brother Brian Taylor's here tonight, a good friend of mine. Brother Brian, they had a lady that in their church, she went down to the little convenience store to get some milk or something. She got down to that convenience store and when she got out, got back in her car, either the man ran up and jumped in the car or he, or he was already in the car. And this man said to her, Lady, you do what I tell you to do and I won't hurt you. And I, he put a knife or a gun to her throat. I forget the whole story. But she looked at him. She pointed her finger out of him and said, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. 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 Oh, God. Said a man, sit there for a minute. And he kept saying, all right, lady, all right, all right. She said, I rebuke you. She just kept sliding over toward him. I rebuke you. 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 And the old man got out of that car. Amen. And God saved her life. When they reported to the police and the police came, they didn't know this. But the police told her, young lady, you're a very fortunate woman. Because if I'm not mistaken, there were three or four that were taken from that very convenience store and murdered. Oh, there's power in the name of Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I never will forget 
Sister Willis and her sister were sleeping in the same room when they were girls. Sister Willis said, I woke up in the middle of the night and there was a man's leg in my window. To the world, that'd be a dream come too. She said he had his leg shut through my window. She said, I started to scream and I was going. She said, I poked my sister. She's a big coward in hell. I looked at her and I said, Sharon, leg, scream. Oh boy. She didn't say whoopee either. There's something about the name of Jesus. It'll make legs get out them windows in a hurry. Good God Almighty. He ain't as big as he thinks he is. The world's built the devil's ego up till he thinks he can whip anything. Jesus didn't karate kick him. He didn't flip him on the ground with jujitsu. He didn't pull out his ninja nunchucks and knock the fire out of it. He just looked at him and said, get behind me. <laughs> You're not worthy to look at. Just get back here. I'm to see the devil now. Praise God. Put him in his place. Put him in his place. Put him in his place. For every battle of the warrior, there is a confused noise. Garments rolled in blood. I was blessed I didn't have to go to Vietnam. I was drafted during the war, and, and I was a tool and die maker by trade. And so they said to me, you're more important at home than you are getting your brains blew out, and I appreciated that. So the government gave me an exemption. I didn't go to Canada. I stayed in the United States. And, and so they gave me an exemption. So I don't really know what a battlefield really looks like, but they, they tell me it was quite an atrocity. The villages that were burned, the burning flesh. I've seen people with their, their brains have been blown out and their brains strung down the wall of their house where they've committed suicide. I've walked, on dead, walked in with dead bodies laid at my feet where husbands or wives have shot their husbands dead. I've worked car accidents that I've seen them cut to pieces and it's a bloody, bloody mess. All the works of hell. But the Lord said, hey, there's not going to be any blood in this battle. There's not going to be any blood in tunics. If you'll do it like I tell you, amen, you can come out of this thing without even a battle scar. If you believe, and whatsoever, if you believe it and trust me, I'm going to work it out for you. Remember now what the scripture said. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask whatsoever you will and it shall be given unto you. You ain't so bad, devil. You ain't so bad, devil. 
Listen to this. Verse number six and seven thrills me every time I read them. Because I know what happened here. I know there wasn't the birth of a second person in the Holy Trinity. You'll never find that word in the Bible. For the Bible said, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government, hear that, politicians? The government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Whatever you need encompassed in what I read to you, it's there. It's there. You ladies don't have to live on tranquilizers. You don't have to dope yourself to sleep and dope yourself awake. I'm telling you there's a God who's the Prince of Peace. Let me preach tonight. You don't have to lay down on a psychiatrist's couch and get psychoanalyzed. All you got to do is go to the counselor. Oh, God Almighty. And let him bless your heart. You don't have to feel lonely and go to the world searching for somebody. You've got an everlasting father who's always there. Oh, God. Oh, but preacher, but preacher, I've been told that I couldn't whip the powers of hell. I've been told that they were greater than I. That's not true. That's not true. If you walk in the flesh, he's got control of you because whosoever you yield the members of your body to, to him you're a servant thereof. But if you walk in the Spirit, you get the Holy Ghost. Get baptized in Jesus' name. Get filled with the power of God. Live a holy, dedicated, consecrated, godly life. He cannot bother you. You believe that tonight? Come on, I hope the devil hadn't sold you and told you you can't whip him. You can't whip him. You can't whip him. A lot of us are like the old boy I heard one of these preachers tell about one time. So he's driving down the road. He came upon a fight. So there's this great big old boy whooping upon this little bitty guy. Said so he was ever more whooping upon him. The little guy would get up and the big guy would knock him down. So the guy said, I slid my car to a stop. Preacher said, I jumped out. I ran over there and grabbed that big guy by the collar and I said, you big bully, you leave him alone. Said about that time, I felt a tug on my coat. I looked down at that little old bloody boy. He said, mister, I didn't ask you to interfere. Son, he's whooping the tar out of you. He said, but I ain't got my second win yet.
Terry said he went over and said, well, all right. He said, I went over and sat in my car. I purposely sat there. I thought, I'm going to watch this kid get his brains beat out. He said, that big old fat boy took another swing at him. He said, that little boy looked like a McCullough chainsaw. He said, I've never seen anybody get a pound like he get that big old boy in my life. He said, I learned right then and there. Amen. If you get knocked down the first time, get up and get a second win. Get up and get a second win. Just because the devil hits you once, that's no sign he's got you whipped. Get up and get a second win. You got a prince of peace. You got a mighty God. You got an everlasting father. You got a great God of heaven who will fight your battle for you. You can win. Oh, hallelujah. Would you stand tonight? I'm getting ready to close. You can win, church. Amen. When you go home from our camp meeting this year, you need to make up your mind. Hey, I might have been tempted in the past, but I've got something more powerful than temptation. Hear me now. Girls, you don't have to look outside the church for a husband. Boys, you don't have to look outside the church for a wife. You need to get saved and look inside. Everything we need is inside the church. Oh, God. Amen. Big? Nah. Not big. Somebody said... How big is the devil? Well, maybe never thought about this. But when Michael appeared, he was a man's size. He was a man's size. When the angels appeared to Manoah, they were men's size. This is what I'm telling you. When Abraham was visited by the angel of God, he was a man's size. We just blew the devil up bigger than what he is. We sure have. He's no bigger than you and I. You hear what I'm telling you? Muammar Gaddafi is no bigger than the men he has backing him up. Fidel Castro is no more powerful than the men he has backing him up. This is what I'm telling you. The Irish Republic Army, their leader is no more powerful than the men that's backing him up. He's just man's size. And tonight, don't make the devil out bigger than what he is. But the Lord said, I'm going to win this thing with fire. What we have felt around this camp meeting this week is what sends the devil into tithers. He cannot stand it. When he sees you shouting, when he sees you dancing, when he sees you magnifying God, when he sees you forsaking sin, it makes the devil shake in his shoes. He don't like that because he's your size. Have you made him bigger than what he is? He's not. He's not. I'm bringing this camp meeting to a close tonight. Pastor, let me tell you something. Some of you men of God in here, I saw a great burden on your heart this week. You're not whipped. You're not whipped. You're just getting a second wind. 
Oh, God. Brother, you're just getting a second wind back there. Get a second wind. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. And the man of God took his servant outside and looked around and he saw all those enemies. The servant said, what are we going to do? Look at them. Look at them out there. They've got us outnumbered. I like what the man of God said. He said, Lord, open my servant's eyes. And all of a sudden, the rumbling of chariot wheels, the dust of the clouds of heaven begin to pound. Over the tops of the cascading mountains come rumbling hosts of angels and chariots. And the old boy said, yes, sir, I see what you see. Come on. <laughs> He's ready to run back in the house, but now he just stuck out that little bally rooster chest and said, come on. Greater is he that's within you than he that's within the world. Come on, devil. This is a powerful church. <clears throat> There's some powerful young people here. There's some powerful moms and dads and evangelists and pastors who believe the devil is already whipped. But out in place tonight, I'm telling you what, probably one of the greatest things we could do for God is recommit, reconnect, and reconsecrate. And tell God, God, I'm sorry that I got looking at something that wasn't really there for the devil is really a, a mirage that we've made exist oh he's real don't let me don't go away from here and say and brother Willis said the devil isn't real but he's not as real as you think he is he's not as big as you think he is he's not as tough as you think he is how do you know that if a boy with five loaves and two fishes can slap a picnic basket up and say here whip the devil with this and the Lord just turn on friend that bacon machine he had in his hand turned on that little old fish parlor he had Long John Silver's never had it so good oh my our God tonight the Bible said is a consuming fire we can do it tonight I'm turning this service back into the hands of Brother Harris God bless you tonight you have been so wonderful and so kind but may I say to you put faith and confidence in a God you can't see instead of believing in a devil that the world's trying to build up and make you see can you do that In closing, I dealt with a man here just a few weeks ago. He was high on drugs. When I went into the man, he pulled out a knife. I'm not kidding you, it was that long. He looked at me and said, The Bible said 
that I am under Jesus Christ that I'm his son and you have no authority over me I looked him in the eye and I said sir if you want to talk Bible let's talk Bible and I began to quote him the word of God the man became ballistic he slammed the door locked the door screaming yelling crying his eyes went just totally wild in his head there was another fellow with me a couple of guys and they said what are we going to do I said don't worry about it I stood right there and finally the man stepped out of the room I just kept standing there and I said God you're going to have to help me the man had that big old knife and he took a swipe at a man and caught him right on the finger I looked at that man and I began to plead the blood of Jesus Christ I don't know what happened to him but I know I watched him he looked at his dad he laid the knife down he turned around put his hands behind the back and he looked at me and he said I'll go wherever you want me to go the devil ain't as big as he thinks he is see tonight the devil is not in control of the church God is in control of the church oh Jesus control of this thing and tonight as I turn this service to Brother Hess I want you to realize friend that God will help you through whatever comes whatever faces you when you leave this camp meeting and get back home the devil's going to be mad he'll huff and puff but he'll never blow your house down because it's built on the foundation of Jesus Christ the chief cornerstone and the apostles right in there We're going to make it. Lift your hands and love God with me one more time. Amen.